Good morning, y'all. If I haven't gotten to meet you yet, my name is Justin, and I look forward to meeting you. For the rest of you who I've um, known for a bit, it's good to see you guys this morning. So glad that y'all are here. Y'all, I want to give a huge shout out just to everyone who serves here at Love Chapel Hill. You know, there is so much going on always <laughs> behind the scenes that many of us never even know. Uh, but it takes a lot of people to make Sunday mornings here at the Varsity happen. And so whatever role you may be serving in or, um, yeah, for those who are even serving right now, y'all, can we just give them a hand? It is, it is a gift, truly. When you serve, whatever capacity that may be in, it is a gift um, to this community to help make things happen. So, so glad that you are here and a part of this this morning. Welcome to the season of Lent. The season of Lent. So for some of you, like that might be really familiar, right? You've, you've heard that, been a part of that for, for a while. For others of you, you may be like, I didn't really know there was a season for what I do with the stuff in my belly button. Or that there's a season for uh, cleaning out the dryer. I, this, you should clean it out after you use it every time, not just in this season, okay? Like there's this, this season may be new for some of you, and that is amazing that we get to share in this together. It is a season in um, the church calendar that is, is marked by this, this season of 40 days. And so we, we started this past Wednesday with what is known as Ash Wednesday. And it is a season of starting a season of preparation and self-examination. And we, we move through this season toward the cross that Jesus will take on our behalf and toward the empty grave on the other side of that cross. And so this is a season of preparation getting to that place. Ash Wednesday specifically, but really throughout this season, we're seeing who we are. We're seeing who we are in the light of God's majesty. We're seeing that we are mortal. As we, those of us who are able to participate, as we receive the ashes in the sign of a cross on our forehead on Ash Wednesday, it is a marking of our mortality and our frailty and our dependence. And so we set apart this holy season to examine ourselves, allowing God's light to reveal sin in our lives, those things that keep us apart from him, those things that keep us from being who he created us to be. It leads us into this space of repentance before God, where we can be honest about our frailty, we can be honest about our temptations. We can be honest about our weaknesses. All that we face in this life, we can be honest about it so that we might find alignment of our souls with the will of God. And so, y'all, there's a lot wrapped up in the season of Lent, and we could do a whole series just on the history of this season of Lent but it marks Jesus' journey of 40 days fasting and praying, being tempted by the evil one. And I've said 40 days a couple of times now. For those of you who might have pulled out a calendar and looked, 
Is it 40 days? Anybody? It's actually 46 days. What's that about? <laughs> Y'all, so it is marking Jesus' 40 days of fasting, but there are six days in the midst of that because over the course of this six weeks, there are also six Sabbath days. And so when there was fasting within the Jewish community, fasting was certainly an essential practice, but it did not supersede the recognition of feasting on the Sabbath. And so those six days are set apart outside of fasting. So for those of you who have maybe given up something for Lent, who are fasting from something, y'all, cash in on the feast day, okay? Like this is, <laughs> this is important for us to recognize that there is this season of fasting, but even in the midst of that, there is feasting that we recognize God's goodness and his intent for the fullness of experience of his love for us, his goodness. And so that is why there are 46 days in the event that you pulled out a calendar and you're like, this is more than 40 days. And so for some of us, um, yeah, some of us may have given up something for Lent this is like the season when chocolate sales tank after the huge like uh, uh, boom in the Valentine season, right? Now it's like, eh, maybe not so much. And meat sales are down um, because of this, this season. And so that is us connecting, right? We recognize that Jesus fasted in these 40 days as he actually, on the other side of his baptism, so he went to the Jordan, is baptized by John the Baptist. And the Spirit leads him and drives him out into this season of fasting and prayer. It drives him out into the wilderness. And so the layers here, there's certainly that connection also with a group of people wandering in the wilderness not for 40 days, but for 40 years. 40 years. And so this season of Lent, we recognize those layers and the building on of what is happening here and how it comes to us today. This word wilderness is one that draws me in. It is a word that right, goes, goes back even to the garden, to the very creation narrative, right? And so the, the words that we're working with here in Hebrew, the word is midbar. Say that with me, midbar. And the word in Greek is Aramea, Aramea. This is defined as a geographical region that is beyond the limits of civilization. So when you think of this, even all the way back into the context of the garden, it's the area outside of the garden, the wilderness beyond that. You think of it also as areas outside of development, outside of cities that were developed. But the terms are widely perceived or defined as disorderly, and inhospitable. 
wilderness as disorderly and inhospitable. In Scripture, we see this word kind of unfold in different ways of, of being or describing a desert wasteland. We see it describing a thorny patch. It could be a rocky or mountainous region. Could be forests. Could even be pasture land, right? That space that is outside the limits of civilization. Do you ever find yourself feeling like you are wandering in a wilderness? In a disorderly inhospitable place. You have the sense that it's just not supposed to be that way. We can find ourselves longing for something or someone or some place that allows us connection with the way things are supposed to be in these wilderness spaces, right? Even in the people of Israel, the longing that the people had to go back to Egypt because it was familiar, because it was civilization, right? In the wilderness spaces, we can be longing for something that connects us with the way things are supposed to be. Just this week, I got to meet up with one of the saints of the church here at Love Chapel Hill. And in first greeting her, I said, how are you? It had been a while. And the response before anything else could come out of her mouth was, life is hard. We can all often feel that way. And there is no argument against that. Life is hard. And so when someone meets you with that kind of response, the best way to respond to them is with open arms, right? That we can embrace a better way. Talking with someone else this week, just catching up, and in response to that same question is just looking around at the world. She said, this is not the way things are supposed to be. Wars, disasters, hatred. This is not the way things are supposed to be. And so we can find ourselves longing for the way things are supposed to be. If you know me, you know that my soul is often longing to be on the water. That I love to just be on the water, in the water, around the water. It doesn't matter really even what form. A lake, a river, the ocean. Just give me the water. (laughs) And so it had been a while since I had been on the water. I've had a lot going on and just haven't had the space to get to the water. This is a space where my soul can often find healing and connection with the way things are supposed to be. And so yesterday, on a cold gray morning, 
my soul was longing to be on the water. And it was like 30 minutes that I was laying in bed as I was waking up trying to convince myself to go. Because, <laughs> y'all, it was 46 degrees at that point and rain imminent. And so the longing won out. And here, Jordan Lake, one of my go-to spots, many of you know. Um, some of you have joined me there, and some of you know that on days, well, even perfectly clear days, a storm can come up out of nowhere and blow you across the lake. But still, my soul longs to be there, right? Even when it's 46 degrees, and even when there's a chance of rain. And so just to let you know, this is not a stock photo. Um, I actually am there. Um, so a quick, quick selfie. That's what it looks like when, <laughs> when it's cold on the water, right? You bundle up. Um, so these are not stock photos, right? And so <laughs> I'm looking out at the trees on the horizon. And even in the midst of this gray day, I can see the green lush trees on the other side that are like beckoning me, right? And this is biblical. Sometimes it is being beckoned to the other side of the lake, right? Jesus is inviting us to get into the boat and go to the other side of the lake. And so I did. I went to the other side of the lake to explore. But then sometimes you get to the other side of the lake, and that's what it looks like. That there is this thicket, <laughs> this desolate wilderness place still yet to go through. You can see the green, like even from this place, I can see behind, like there's, there's, it's not green in this picture, but those trees along the background, they're green and they're lush and they're like, this is where you need to be. And so then we traverse the wilderness. And it's hard. But then as you traverse the wilderness on the other side, you get to the green lush space. And then you find yourself in the Shire. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist news of Lord of the Rings, new movies coming, y'all. It was a gift from heaven. Um, so in the midst of the wilderness, we still, right? We know what it's supposed to look like. Second breakfast and everything. Mm-hmm. And so the world brings us the thickets and the distractions that lead us away from the green, lush shire. There are disordered desires, and what I mean by that is those desires that lead us away from God, that try to fill that longing space. Right, the things of this world, be it relationships, be it substances, 
be it behaviors that allow us to cope, that allow us to escape this wilderness space. But they can't fill that longing for what is a longing for the way of love, the divine love that God and God alone can fill. Y'all, so we find ourselves in this space where heaven and earth, right in the beginning in the garden, heaven and earth, they overlap perfectly. They're in alignment. But then sin enters in to this space and it gets out of alignment to where there's no, it feels like there is no way through, right? It becomes what feels more like a gate than a doorway. And so it is that our souls, our souls get out of alignment with the will of God. Have you ever ridden in a car that's out of alignment? What, ha- what happens? Shout it out. What happens if you're in a... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're going a direction you don't want to go. Mm-hmm. A ditch. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's, it's pulling in one direction or the other. Right? And isn't that what the ways of the world are doing in this place, being out of alignment, that we are pulled in one direction or another. And so we find ourselves in this season of Lent, a season that is about fasting and praying. It is a season of of even self-denial, where those desires, y'all, and if chocolate is a problem for you, okay, you should give up chocolate. But like, let's think about what are the things, right? What are the things that really are the distractions in our lives that might be a productive way to practice this? So thinking about what, if you would like, if you feel led to give something up and fast from it in this season, what might it be that helps open up this space that we can connect with the Savior of the world. And it's not about testing ourselves or seeing what's possible. Do not try to go 40 days without water, please. It's been tried. It didn't work out other than Jesus, okay? Like, we're going to leave it to Jesus to take that route. But for 40 days, is there something that might make space for you? that allows God further into every nook and cranny of our lives. So if you are led to fasting, we commend that to you. This season, we are going to focus on prayer. We're going to focus on what is prayer and how are we to pray? Communication with God, right? And We've talked about this before. Communication is not one way, right? This is not just one direction that I know everything I need. I'm just going to hurl it up there and let God deal with it. How does one-way communication usually go in your relationships? 
yeah, pretty, pretty nil. Not, not so well, right? Communication is this two-way, two-way street. Like the, the analogy of being like, we load everything in a shopping cart. Like this is how we pray. We load everything in a shopping cart and then we like shove it into the shins of God. We're like, there you go. But Desmond Tutu, he looks at prayer much differently than that. And he helps guide us in that. And he says prayer is a partnership. That recognizing through history, God really doesn't do anything without a human partner. Think about that for a minute. And so then prayer in partnership is aligning our will with the will of God. It's relational. Prayer is this relational conversation space where we listen and we speak. And in doing so, as in other relationships, when we make an ask of someone, right, there is a trust. There's a trust relationship there. And so the practice of prayer builds this trust relationship. Do you ever get song lyrics stuck in your head? Mm -mm. There's probably one playing in your head right now. Can't get it out of your head. I've been in that space for 10 days with the same song stuck in my head that I cannot get rid of. (laughs) Riley already knows. So my oldest daughter, Riley... I heard her singing in the back seat of the car. No. Familiar lyrics. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I'm not going to sing it. I promise. Okay. <laughs> That's, I'll hear about that later. It's am- <laughs> But she's singing in the back seat of the car, right? You may know the song. I recognize it as Heads Carolina. Tales California. Okay, this this country song from the 90s, right? And so my my I know, I know. My my 12-year-old daughter is in the back seat singing this, right? And so like I'm like I know this song. Like this is amazing. <laughs> and so it turns out this past year, some of you may know this, Um, In 2022, there was a remake, like actually singing a song about that song. And so um, it is, (laughs) it is this song that is talking about someone singing the song in a karaoke bar. Um, And so then Riley and I meet in this moment of like, oh my gosh, I love this song from my teenage years. And... (laughs) She loves this song right now. And so, like, I start singing the original song, and she's like, no, 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 that's not it. (laughs) Okay, there's a new song. So now I I actually really am, like, stuck on the new song. It will not leave my head, right? And so there's this power of lyrics to take us back to a place in time, right? There's the power of these lyrics to just stick with us. 
And so this particular song has stuck with me. If you have any tricks or tips, catch me after the service. Tell me what to do because I'm ready to move on. Um, But y'all, so buckle up for this season of Lent. We're going to do a deep dive on two prayers. And the first, specifically the prayers of Jesus for his disciples. Y'all, so... Jesus for his disciples that model for us the way of alignment between heaven and earth. And they model for us the alignment between human hearts and the heart of God. So the first prayer is the prayer. Uh-oh. <laughs> Am I cutting out? Okay. All right. Those, those batteries didn't quite didn't quite last. There it is. All right. Woo. Hand to the team in the back. Way to go. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. All right. We got green light. That means I can go another 30 minutes, right? Um, no, 30 minutes on one. 30, no, sorry. All right. We're going we're gonna to bring this home. Um, so the, f- the first prayer, we commonly know it as the Lord's prayer, right? Or it's often referred to, some of us know it as the Our Father. But really, I like to think of it as the disciples' prayer. It is, after all, what Jesus is teaching his disciples when they ask him, Lord, teach us to pray. And his disciples ask him, Lord, teach us to pray, like John the Baptist taught his disciples to pray. And so Jesus gives them this prayer as a guide. And so this this prayer, the words of the prayer actually are in the original Aramaic lyrics. It's actually only 31 words and they rhyme. (laughs) And so thinking about Jesus delivering this beautiful prayer for the disciples to pray as lyrics that would stick with them, that like how I'm going to bed every night with a song in my head and waking up every morning with it, like those being the first words, this prayer is intended to stick with us. And so we're going to look at it through the writing of Matthew. Chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. It's also found in Luke chapter 11. For some of us, this prayer will be familiar. It'll be a familiar practice, and to others, it may be new. Some may come from a tradition that says, like, this type of prayer, this scripted prayer, is maybe a dead form of prayer. While others may find that it is actually a drawing back, drawing back to a connection that is structure in the midst of chaos. And so we get to reclaim this old song and carry it forward to a new generation. In this prayer, we find it leading us in this space of adoration that brings alignment, intercession as we pray for others, in petition as we pray for provision, in confession as we seek forgiveness, and we find it leading us in contending 
that there is a spiritual battle. You'll see in both occurrences of the prayer, in Matthew and in Luke, you might feel like there's a part missing because it doesn't include, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. That's what's often known as the doxology. So it's not not necessarily missing from that space, though that add-on, a doxology at the end of this prayer, dates back to the first century. And so in what is called the Didache, you'll say that with me, Didache, it is like the book of worship or the book of order for the earliest church. And in that, we see even there that there is this wrap-up to the prayer that acknowledges it is yours, is the kingdom. And so we're going to spend three weeks in this prayer, and then we're going to spend three weeks in this second prayer that we find in John 17. It's Jesus' longest recorded prayer in Scripture. It's often referred to as the high priestly prayer, and we get a glimpse of Jesus praying. Jesus praying for our ultimate alignment. It falls in what's known as his farewell discourse, like in the days, if not hours, leading up to his arrest and crucifixion. So that'll be John 17, where we see Jesus praying with the Father for us, where he is bridging the gap for our alignment with the will of God. And so if our souls, the very essence of who we are, are searching for the way, then we can dive in here together in these prayers that Jesus has for us. So I want to encourage you as we are in this season of Lent to take time to pray this daily, the Lord's Prayer specifically. And we will do this all the way through this season of Lent. To let the Lord's Prayer or the Disciples' Prayer or the Our Father, whatever you want to call it, that we're going to pray this together. The earliest church actually prayed it three times a day. And so it is an ancient practice that they would pray it in the morning. They would pray it at noon, and they would pray it again at sundown. This ongoing orientation and alignment. And so to think of it as this ancient practice, this ancient prayer that comes straight from Jesus, really his creed for all of his ministry. If St. Augustine showed up to our worship service, he would get it. If St. Patrick or St. Bridget from Ireland, St. Patrick's Day is coming up, y'all. Embrace. It's coming. Um, if they showed up, to our service and heard this prayer, they would know exactly what we are about. If Martin Luther or John Wesley, anyone through the ages of the church showed up and we pray this prayer together, 
they would recognize that we are in this process of aligning our souls with the will of God. Jesus in the wilderness, he was aligning himself this 40 days that he spent, that we recognize in this season of Lent, the 40 days was preparing for an action-packed three years of the rest of his life on earth. And we see before or after nearly every major recorded event in the Gospels, Jesus had been praying. And so he teaches his disciples. Yo, we're going to pray this together. And it will be there on the screen. So before we do that, the, the preamble to this. And in Matthew, this teaching from Jesus actually comes in the midst of the Sermon on the Mount. And so Jesus' longest recorded sermon, there is this section of how to pray. He tells the disciples first how not to pray. Don't pray like the hypocrites do, standing on the street corners, making an, a spectacle of themselves. And to not pray like the pagans who are babbling on and on and on and on. He tells us how not to pray first. Because in the midst of the culture, people seem to be about themselves. And they could even make prayer about themselves. And as someone who is often asked to pray at events, it's not hard to see how that can take root. So we first learn how not to pray. And then it is going to give us an orientation in how to pray. The first line of this prayer, the Our Father, reminds us that we are praying to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God who is the creator and the hand crafter of the cosmos. And in most of Jesus' prayers that are recorded, we see Jesus refer to him as Father. That this is the way that this relationship between Jesus and God in heaven, right, is demonstrated for us. And we can sometimes get caught up in the gender expression there. But the thing to recognize in this as we pray this together, that it is far more about the relational connection than it is about the gender ascribed in this prayer. So please don't let that be a barrier for you. We also recognize that even the word father has a whole lot wrapped up in it. And then that can be a real place of pain 
Some of us have a wonderful relationship with a father. Some of us have experienced abuse at the hands of a father. Some of us still yet have not had an earthly father. It's just this space as we enter in to pray this together to say that regardless of where you are coming from, it is okay. None of it qualifies you or disqualifies you from praying this prayer. That God is able to cut through the scenarios of this world to demonstrate what it is to be a good and loving father. And so this is far more about the relationship and the intimacy that we can have with the God of creation. So this is our way of alignment in this season as we pray this together. And I encourage you again to do it daily. Maybe it's the first thing and maybe that's what I need to push these lyrics out of my head. But that that is a good way to start the day that we are going to align ourselves with God. And it is communal in nature that we get to, just like as we get to come to this table together as a church family, that this invitation is open. This invitation in prayer, it starts with our, right? It is our over and over again. And so at this table, we also find ourselves in alignment. And y'all, it's Lent. We got flatbread, okay? <laughs> All right? In, in, this, in this season, right, we are reminded of the wilderness, and there was no time to let the bread rise. It was manna from the ground, enough for the day, and that was it. And that's the same prayer that we are going to pray. And we're going to do a deep dive on this prayer over the next few weeks. So come back, dig in with us. And so as we align ourselves in prayer, we align ourselves at this table. We remember that Jesus, his body was broken for us. That we might be made whole. And his blood was poured out for us for the forgiveness of sins. We're going to pray a little something about that too. So all of this, this practice of coming to the table and this practice of prayer together is about aligning our souls with the will of God. So in your own practice, as you pray this, whether you pray it with thy or your, it's okay. Whether you pray it as debts or sins or trespasses, all good, just do it, okay? As we pray it together, we're going to go with your and we're going to go with trespasses, just so you got it, okay? So let's pray this prayer together. Our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Friends, we invite you to the table. Have Lauren with the lightsaber ready to, or maybe no. Oh, there it is. Okay. We got a lightsaber. It's all as well. Um, so we'll dismiss you by row to come across the front and receive the bread. Um, we'll tear it off for you. You can dip it in the cup and receive. If you need a gluten-free option, that is available for you as well. So we invite you to come to the table.